We're trying something different today. Um, Stu and I are going to talk about the show before it happens. Because <laughs> it, it might be more appealing that way uh, or something. Uh, today, we've got a lot on our plate. Oh, We have... News stories? Yeah. Issues? That breaking news story that came in halfway oh, through the show. That was, a hu- <laughs> that was a huge one. That, I, I can't believe that happened. Yeah, Wait till people hear that. I know. We've got, we've got a lot on our plate. The shooting... The new house uh, speaker. Uh, we also have a, a Jewish woman who is is encouraging people in a big way. If you're Jewish, go buy guns. It's an amazing story. We also have Winston Sears on. She is the lieutenant governor in Virginia. Unless she cancels. Uh, well, she's not going to. Well, but, I mean, but if something comes up, she might not come on, and then she's not on. And uh, the world-famous Edwin Black has a lot to say. He's on today's podcast. And that seventh thing we talked about? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that man. Wait till you get there. All right. Brought to you by Jace Medical, the Jace case. Jace, it's kind of like, now I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. You know, now it's like Christmas. I, I don't know what's in the package. Um, if you fill out a form, you get prescription, life-saving medications delivered right to your door. Please, they're talking about food shortages. They're talking about medicine shortages. Even today, there's a story in the show prep that uh, we'll find out if I have time to talk about it on today's show. Uh, it talks about how we are headed towards real medication shortages. You need your medication. All you have to do is just go to Jace Medical. You can save now more than $360 by getting life-saving antibiotics and whatever else you need with Jace Medical, plus an additional discount by using the promo code BECK, because he's quite a guy. Anyway, check out uh, jacemedical.com. jacemedical.com. Remember, promo code BECK. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Lieutenant Governor of Virginia is a friend of the program. Just love her. Winsome Earl Sears. uh, And she joins us now to talk about the election in Virginia that is coming up. And they're saying that this is going to set the tone for the entire country for 2024. And the the extreme left of the Democratic Party has won the primaries. And so when this comes down. It is either going to be sanity or insanity, um, and uh, we're hopefully get some some idea of which way it's going from Winsome. Hello, Winsome. How are you? I am doing just blessed. <laughs> Let me tell you, Glenn, it's, it's a wonderful day. <laughs> yeah, good, good. So tell me when, first of all, this is coming up in just a couple of weeks, is it not? Well, uh, yeah, the official day, but it's been happening since September 22nd. Remember, there are 45 days before the actual day, and that's why we can't afford to wait for the traditional election day. There is no such thing anymore. So tell me what's at stake here in Virginia. Oh, just about everything. We're talking about school choice. We're talking about tax policy. We're talking about energy policy. Good grief. We're talking about, you know, uh, um, even anti-Semitism. We're talking about just uh, the ability to speak one's mind and 
also we're talking about being able to attract businesses to, to come to Virginia because businesses are job creators. It's not the government, no matter what anybody says. It's nonsense. And then we're talking about what's happening in our schools when it comes to biological males, you know, being in showers with our girl children. And, 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 and it's, you know, I sometimes, Glenn, you think the world has gone mad and... Mm-hmm. It's not so. It's just that some of them are just about control and power. And those of us who have a head on our shoulders must show uh, that we understand there's common sense. Does it um, does it worry you at all that the the far left Democrats defeated the moderate Democrats? It seems like uh, there's a good portion of America that is going over the cliff in a big way. Listen, Glenn, the, the Democrats who have won their primary elections thus far, they are so left that if the earth was flat, they would fall off. I mean, they, that's where we are. And, and unfortunately, I think we've come to a time in America where we are compromising from the left. In other words, the left has gone so left that when Republicans look at compromising, we're actually in the middle of the left yeah, spectrum. We're not compromising from the center of the spectrum. So they've gone left and we've gone left with them. So what are you looking at for the um, for the vote? I mean, because this one is Virginia. Virginia is not one that turns everybody over, is it? Yes, we all 100 House of Delegates seats are up oh, and boy. all 40 seats in the Senate are up. And what we have found, which is just so disheartening to me, is that we found 500,000, count them, Glenn, 500,000 Republicans who voted in 2021 and gave us the victory in the governor's race, my race, the attorney general's race, and the House. And yet the very next year, Glenn, they did not vote in the congressional race. They sat it out. They sat it out. 500,000. We could have had, Glenn, a totally different uh, Congress Congress right now. We could have sent, I believe, at least two, if not three more uh, House of Representatives members to Congress, you know. So we can't afford to do that. And who are these people who don't vote? The 500,000. They're the ones who only vote if there's a presidential race coming up or if it's a gubernatorial race. Otherwise, they sit it out. They, they think, you know, local politics isn't important. They can't do that. I, I mean, I don't understand people who don't think that state and local politics matter at this point. You're seeing the effects of all of it all the way down to your house and your own children. Well, this is happening. It's not just in Virginia. And that's why we're saying Virginia is we think of bellwether. This is happening all over the state, you know, with Republicans. But guess what? It's also happening for the Democratic Party. But you know what? They in the Democrat Party have figured out how to get their 500,000 to vote. How are they doing it? By getting them to vote absentee ballot. Glenn, I'm looking at my ballot. I've got my abs- I'm not going to the polls <laughs> and vote anymore. I've got my absentee ballot came in my mailbox. You know what it said? From this day forward, you will get a ballot for every primary election, 
a ballot will be mailed to you for every special election. A ballot will be made to you for every general election. I said to myself, oh, my goodness, this is how the Democrats are beating us. I don't have to do anything except go to my mailbox. And by the way, there's a government stamp on the return envelope. I had a ballot, (laughs) a ballot in September for an election in November. Don't tell me that this isn't how they're beating us. So how are the returns from the GOP? Do we know? Well, thankfully, Glenn, thankfully, there is hope. There is hope in all of this. Um, We've been able to get those people who generally are not voters in these off-year elections, as we call them. We've gotten some of them to vote. So, so far, it's looking up. But then, you know, uh, we've just started on this journey. So let's hope uh, it holds because the polls look good. But, you know, it's the numbers that count. I know. know, Uh, How secure is the vote in Virginia, do you think? Oh, it's it's very secure. We, We don't have those problems. In fact, we have... Because we have one, uh, you know, now uh, we are uh, the ones who are doing the securing the vote. And we can prove that you don't have to worry. Everything is safe. In fact, we have a, a, a website, secureyourvotevirginia.com. I think it's too late now to go and sign up to get an absentee ballot. But you sure can go in and uh, to the registrar's office today, tomorrow, the next day, and go vote. But coming back to this, we have found voters, like 18,000-some voters who were dead but still on the rolls (laughs) from all the way back in 1960. Now, I don't think they voted. I think they're good. by elsewhere. (laughs) Right. They might have been voting in Chicago. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, yeah. So we're cleaning up the voter, and we even got a vote passed this year that said – from now on, you will have the voter rolls cleaned up every month, every month, every time we get a moving uh, notice from uh, the post office, every time we get a death notice from the, um, uh, um, uh, goodness, Corner. I'm working too hard. Yes, from the, 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 the um, health department, et cetera, you know, um, then, and, and from Social Security, then we, we clean up the rolls. We have been doing it in the past, culling the rolls every six months. We're doing that now every month, and we have removed, I think it was almost 200,000, 300,000 just by doing that. And we've partnered with other states and other organizations to make sure that our elections will be uh, safe, secure, etc. Because here's the thing we found. Well, in 2016, NBC, MSNBC and Morning Consult did a poll and the Democrats, 65 percent of Democrats said they did not believe elections were free and fair. Well, then came 2020 and the Morning Consult people did another poll. And this time it said it was the Republicans turn. Seventy percent of them said Mm -hmm. they don't believe that elections were free and fair. So, you know, neither side you know, believed in the process. But I can tell you, we're cleaning it up. Don't worry about it. Go Good. vote. I'm glad to hear that. Um, it, the rumblings of Governor Youngkin jumping into the presidential race. Have you heard that? Oh, yeah, everybody's heard it. But, I mean, we are focusing on 2023, and that's where his head is at. Glenn, it, we've got to win the Senate, and we've got to keep the House. We've got issues to tend to. We've got adult decisions to make. We've got to fend off 
these extreme left Democrats. So we're focusing on 2023. Good. Uh, and the uh, vote is uh, November. I think it's the 7th, uh, but you can yes. vote in Virginia now. Everyone. Everyone. Go vote now. Put a sign in your yard. Put a bumper sticker on your car. You know, Glenn, we tend to forget as humans how bad things have been once things get better. And we forget that they shut down our schools, the Democrats did. They said they hadn't gone far enough. They shut down our businesses. They said they hadn't gone far enough. They shut down our houses of worship, said they hadn't gone far enough. They were uh, defunding the police. Said they, You know, Glenn, this is why the Democrats said they had lost in 2021, that they hadn't gone far enough. And if we don't believe them, what did they do after we won in 2021? Well, they were picketing and protesting outside the Supreme Court justices' homes who live in Virginia. The Commonwealth attorneys didn't do anything about it, even though there's a law that says so you wrong. can't do that. So wrong. Yeah. I mean, school boards went off kilter, even worse. So what I'm saying to you is, The Democrats have told us how they feel. They said they didn't go far enough when they had absolute power. Let's not give it to them again. Right. Uh, Winsome, thank you so much. Uh, The uh, Virginia Lieutenant Governor, Winsome Earl Sears. uh, It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Glenn, and thank you to your listeners. You bet. God bless. Uh, Listen, the when she was saying the Democrats said what they that they hadn't gone far enough, they just the people that are running in their primaries, they just got rid of all of the moderate Democrats. If you are in Virginia and you think like I do, I think like the founders did, that this republic is a worthy experiment, you've got to save your state first. And how this goes will give us some indication if this goes well for the Democrats in uh, Virginia, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. The rest of the country is watching Virginia now. Please, if you're in Virginia, vote. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. So we have this really disturbing video of Jewish students at Cooper Union College who are locked inside of the library for their own safety due to a pro-Palestinian protests uh, that were happening right outside. It was it's terrifying. George Georgetown University. Do we have the uh, videos of Georgetown? Um, these were projected onto the library at Georgetown, uh, Washington or, or George Washington University. Glory to our martyrs is one divestment from Zionist genocide now and free Palestine from the river to the sea. All of those are basically just saying, uh, kill all the Jews. I can't imagine what it is like to be a Jew today in America. Carol Markowitz is an amazing columnist. She's with the New York Post. She also has a podcast, The Carol Markowitz Show. And she has been getting on and encouraging um, people who are Jewish to get armed, go buy guns. Carol is with us now. Hi, Carol. Hi, Glenn. So nice to be here. Thank you. Uh, you sound so sweet. Uh, I just, I just, I mean, I am, I am sweet, but I have a big gun. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. Mm-hmm. You wrote in January uh, about a um, uh, 
the chosen comedy festival that came to Miami. It was for Jews. Mm-hmm. And you said you started to notice a difference with Jews back then. Yeah. What was yeah. it? So, I mean, look, this latest um, round of Jew hatred is more violent and louder and bigger, but it's been coming for a while. And yes. uh, Jews were being beaten up in the streets of Brooklyn, where I was living at the time. Every day there would be a new attack. And nobody was talking about it because the perpetrators weren't, you know, MAGA hat Trump supporters. And so it went completely ignored. And since I've moved to Florida, I've seen a change in Jews. And I I know it's, you know, definitely happening in Florida, but it's happening elsewhere as well, where they realize that nobody's coming to save them. And so what happened at that chosen comedy festival was so funny because a Jewish comedian, this woman got on stage and she made some anti-gun jokes and the crowd started booing. And I've never seen anything like it. I was so happy and just, I had so much respect for these people who were saying, I'm taking my security seriously. I'm not going to be gunned down when nobody's going to be around to protect me. I'm going to get armed and this is not funny to me. And that's a huge change. Huge. Look, I, I didn't grow up shooting. I, you know, shot my a gun for the first time like two years ago. Um, but I, look, we're getting armed and we're not waiting around for somebody to come save us. And that's the important thing. It's not, look, it's not just for Jews, obviously, but Jews were never, you know, kind of into guns. They, I never knew anybody who shot as a hobby. I, it just wasn't our thing. And I think it needs to get become our thing and very quickly because what we realized is if you are not armed, you are a sitting duck. Even if you're living in Israel, even if you're if you're protected by the amazing Israeli military, you're still just at risk of attack and you can't live like that. So the best thing that you can do for your family, whether or not you're Jewish, is become armed, become trained, learn how to use your weapon and not be afraid. Live your life, but be armed. Um, is it true that in Boca there's a group called Locks and Glocks? <laughs> Yes, yes. There's, there's so many Jewish shooting groups now. That's hysterical. <laughs> locks and glocks. I love that. Um, so, you know, this is why Israel is so important, because your guns mm-hmm. could be taken from you here. My guns could be yeah. taken from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what always happens with the Jews. They're they're in some country. People start to become very yeah. anti-Semitic. The first thing they do is either disarm the entire population or in, uh, disarm the Jews. Right. And mm-hmm. then you can't defend yourself at all. You got I mean, you got nothing to fight back with. That's why Israel is so important, because you are in charge. Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. But, you know, I, we, my, my uh, middle son and I visited your history uh, museum, uh, you know, last year and we had the best hmm. time. And um, you were there, you know, you showed him around and you guys hung out. Um, And he, the the important lesson here is that you can't let them take your guns. And the history has shown so many different examples of that. I have faith in America. I have faith in Americans that they're not giving up their weapons without a fight. I'm surprised that anybody would, but I, I, you know, you see it happen again and again. You know, I had this conversation with a friend today, a Jewish friend who I'm convincing to get armed, lives in New York City, college educated and has been fooled for so long to believe that getting a gun is super easy. And she said, Uh, you know, can I just go to my target and pick up a rifle? I'm like, no, no, you can't. And and so, 
you know, I think that step one is making people face the, the truth that they've been lied to about our gun rights and they've been lied to about the ease of getting weapons because it's not that easy. And the second thing is to be prepared in advance, not to wait until history catches up with all of us and they come for our guns. So, Carol, uh, you know, I, I was with you and your son and your son was incredibly, <laughs> incredibly bright. I just loved him. I think we ended up he spending the too. whole. You guys were best friends. <laughs> yeah, I think we sp- ended up spending a, mm-hmm. many hours together um, uh, because of him. Um, mm-hmm. How are you dealing with a son that is bright, so mm-hmm. knows what's going on, and how is that affecting him? So I have three kids. He's the middle. Um, we've tried to keep kind of the details of what's going on away from them, um, but it's hard because it's, you know, everywhere. Um, but I also, we teach them personal security again. They know that their parents are armed and not taking that very seriously. Um, we're going to take them shooting as, you know, as soon as that's okay to do uh, at their ages. And we're going to make sure that they know that their security is their own responsibility and that they can't wait around for somebody else to save them as Jews, but also just as Americans. You have to be prepared for the worst case scenario. How's that make you feel as a mom? It's scary, but I feel a lot better when I look at pictures of myself at the range with my big gun. (laughs) (laughs) It's very empowering. It's very empowering. Especially if you know what you're doing with it. If you don't know what you're doing with it, it, you're a danger to yourself, your family, and your community. But if you really take it seriously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carol, yeah. can I ask you, I've, yeah. I've, I've tried to prepare this audience for, for the last 15 years or so when I saw this beginning to approach. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I felt that I had ability to see into what was coming, and it so concerned me about what was, what was happening. Um, and now for it to happen, I, mm-hmm. I hope... My family and I have done enough to um, to get to a place to where we won't make the mistake of Christians and everybody else mm-hmm. who fell along the way and did nothing. What can been, yeah. what can we do to help? Mm-hmm. You've been so fantastic. I just have to say, you've been really amazing. It's been heartwarming to listen to you. Um, I, I think. The, the lack of fear, not being afraid to speak out, um, and just speaking the truth about what's going on in the country. I think that a lot of people on the left need to lie to themselves and say that this isn't really happening. This isn't really that important. This isn't that big. But I love that you're being so honest. And I, I just it, look, Jews and Christians very closely aligned for a lot of reasons. But I feel like our fates are also intertwined. It's not they like, are. oh, they just came for the Jews and then they left the Christians alone. That's just not how it goes. Right. So I think that, um, you know, I, I'm so I actually so proud to be a conservative at times like this, even though things are bad. And, and believe me, they are bad. I don't sleep at night. I picture the hostages. I, mm-hmm. It's not great. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel good being a conservative because our side is overwhelmingly on the side of the right. And they're they're they know what's going on and they're not pretending otherwise. And I really do appreciate that. Carol, um, we pray for you. We pray for all, all of the Jews, wherever they are in the world and all those who are standing up to, 
that will recognize evil for what it is and stand up against it in all of its forms. Thank, Thank you, you Glenn. Thank you. God bless you. I, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know why in that, in that particular interview, but I'm overwhelmed with the amount of time that I have spent and the years that people have said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this with Israel? Why are you making? And the fact that I know the Lord said to me, do not stop on this. This is a sword you die on. And um, because I had a lot of pressure to talk, stop talking about the caliphate, stop talking about Islam, stop talking about the Jews and Israel so much. A lot. And to see it happen now is tragic. Just tragic. And I ask you, if you were a long-time listener, to please don't let our time that we have spent together be in vain. Please remember the things that we have, we have talked about and we've taught each other, especially on this front. This is an amazing time in world history and we all have a choice and the words of Bonhoeffer have never been more true. I mean, it may mean that some of us get beaten in the streets, but if you see somebody who is cowering and I don't care which group is doing the ill, if you see a bunch of pro-Palestinian people making Jews cower, get between them. Don't fight them. Just get between them. You be a meat shield. I know that's a lot to ask. But we have to have faith in God. We, we have to do His will, not ours. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Edwin Black, who is uh, an amazing, amazing author. Uh, he is a, a journalist. He has been tracking down the roots of the Holocaust and man's inhumanity to man, the progressive era, uh, and, and the, the lies of eugenics forever. Um, he is the author of IBM and the Holocaust. He also is the author of the Farhood, uh, which we will probably talk a little bit about. But Edwin, welcome to the studios. I, how long have we t- known each other? Ten years or so? Easy, approximately ten. And uh, we've been talking about these things, and um, I can't believe that we're here. Are we here? Yes, I think uh, it's uh, no longer that the threat is uh, 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 over a distant hill. And I don't think the threat is uh, 
even around the corner. I think the threat is just down the street. Just yesterday, uh, students at Cooper Union Library, Jewish students, were trapped in the library because Palestinians uh, were knocking on the window and wanted them. There was a home invasion uh, of a Jewish man in Studio City, yeah. uh, Los Angeles, um, and um, they had to. They he had to fight the guy and push him out. He broke the door down. He, his wife, and his children, uh, and he was screaming that they were Jewish and he was going to kill him. I mean. If I hear one more thing about Islamophobia from this president and a refusal to acknowledge what is happening to Jewish Americans, it is astounding to me. I think that the uh, problem is that uh, a lot of people in America are sleeping with the enemy and the Palestinians have come here and uh, they've embedded themselves and they've just turned so many people against the United States and specifically against Jews. All, almost all of it involves fake information, fake history, fake facts. And unfortunately, our colleges are ground zero for both hate and ignorance. And that is a very precarious in, in, in intersection. So has any society in history been at this point with Jews and turned it around? No. Um, uh, One of the things that I have stressed is that um, uh, I, I know that Jews came here after the Holocaust and I know that my parents uh, um, uh, and many parents didn't want to discuss their experiences in the Holocaust. They thought everything was okay. Everybody got a job. Everybody got a couple of cars, a bunch of TVs, and everything was hunky-dory. But it was always just below the surface. And uh, even while I've been here in Dallas, People, Jews in the in the, in the community, are petrified to discover the facts right in front of their face. And I think what happened in Germany, what happened throughout Europe, over in many locations uh, throughout the centuries, we may be facing that here. We may be facing the dispossession of the Jewish people in the United States. If the wrong people get elected, and it may come as soon as uh, 2025, uh, but there's a huge rehearsal for this right now, and it's not the juridical rehearsal. It's not just the trumped-up FARA violations. It's not just the special assessments. It's not the clawback. It's the actual violence. In fact, what frightens me is last year I started a series on my show, The Edwin Black Show, called Kristallnacht 2.0. I'm saying it's coming. And I had uh, several of, of America's, uh, uh, American Jewry's best thinkers and, le- and legal minds on the show. And all of them finally said, yes, it's coming. So the third installment of this was canceled 
several days ago because the war broke out between uh, Hamas and Israel. And so here we are. It quickly spread far beyond Gaza, all the way to the Brooklyn Bridge and all the way to L.A. County. You were um, recognizing uh, Farhood Day, right, this summer? Is that what it was? Yes. Um, I, uh, I wrote a book called The Farhood, that's F-A-R-H-U-D, which means violent dispossession, about a, um, about a horrible Arab Nazi pogrom riot massacre in Baghdad on June 1st, 1941, and the language is eerily similar. Uh, Babies killed in front of their parents, parents killed in front of their babies. And this arose out of a massive worldwide Arab and Muslim alliance with the Nazis during World War II, headed by the Mufti of Jerusalem. Evil guy. uh, Husseini. I wrote that book and worked very hard uh, to have International Farhood Day established and announced at the United mm. Nations in a live global chat uh, streamed uh, announcement. So we were just announced. We do a show on this every June. And this time I said, where next? And I said to the astonishment of just about everyone, I said, is it going to be in Syria? Is it going to be in Morocco? Is it going to be in Tunisia? I said, no, it's going to be in Israel. And then it's going to be in in the United States. I set forth my reasons. And unfortunately, the hell of it is, the damnation of it is that I've been validated. Why, why is it always socialism, Marxism, that accompanies this i mean i first when i first started seeing that progressivism started as communism uh and then they approved hitler until hitler was discredited uh but they they still ride on this marxist wave marx himself was a horrible horrible anti-semite even though he was jewish why do those things keep going together well, it's true that Marx is, um, uh, is an idol within the progressive movement, uh, and his birthday is celebrated um, all over the campuses of the United States. And, but when it comes to this particular threat, this is beyond progressivism. This is beyond socialism. This is sheer e- Evil. There is always a uh, a, Mar- a Marxist contingent to it, a communist contingent to it, but generally that is a backlash to the capitalistic system. So there's always uh, ten or twelve factions, and one of them is always uh, the communists, the socialists, the anarchists. It's basically about de- denuding personal freedoms, and it and it's coming here, and the Jews are going first. Uh, unless they wake up, and um, uh, the, the, right Christians. now they've 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 got one or two drugs they got to take: Nodos or Ambien. And mm. um, if the Jews go on uh, Saturday, the Christians are going on Sunday. I have made the case, privately mainly, that if you believe in good and evil, 
and evil is trying to best God, that evil, when he saw the Abrahamic covenant, uh, said, how many people do I have to kill? That's easy. But if God breaks his promise, he ceases to be God. And he says he's going to make these people powerful and uh, going to be as many as the stars in the sky. Are you kidding me? I'll just kill these people. And it, I think this is where this comes from. At least this is my feeling that it is this, this evil that has targeted the Jews from the very beginning, because this happens over and over and over again. There's nothing else like it in the world. Not in nothing like this. We're living under a dome of geodesic evil. There's no question about it. Many of these plates are now crashing down on our head. We're living lies. Lies are living within us because we don't know any better. And right and and right now we have people thriving on ignorance and 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 malcontent. I do believe that there's pure evil and I I think it'd be a long debate to uh, divine just what is the definition and dimension of the evil that we are facing now and the evil that the Jewish people have faced throughout their times, just as you say. You know, I always say, don't get, comfor- don't get comfortable. My father used to say, well, there's a suitcase under the bed, ready to go. Edwin Black, host of The Edwin Black Show, author of IBM and the Holocaust and The Farhood, which is F-A-R-H-U-D. Uh-huh.